Electricast. You know, look, and resilience for people who grew up like me is not an option. It's baked in and I get it because it's super difficult. And for some people, it takes everything from them. And for some people like me, there's nothing I can't work through. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Your Business in Life podcast. My name is Bethany London, and I am an energetic VC supporting CEOs and entrepreneurs in multiplying revenues and opportunities of their business through intuitive guidance and energetic healing. I am obsessed with finding and releasing blocks so that you can start receiving the guidance and opportunities that will be bringing you quantum leaps with ease. If you are looking to upgrade your business, life, spirituality, or need a perspective shift to flow, you've come to the right place. Leave it to me to pull out the juicy stories, quantum leap hacks, and how our inspiring guests have tackled obstacles and gotten into the flow to reach new heights of success infinite possibilities are everywhere. Your next moment could be a miraculous one. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Let's uncover their strategies, have fun, and see how we can quantum leap together. I am so excited to have Michael Anthony here with us today. I met him in New York and watched him on stage getting grilled and he was very inspiring so i'm really excited to have him here today and we are also going to be playing around with seeing what i see intuitively for his business and possibilities there or it might be personal you never know what comes through i first want to acknowledge you because you are you're like you're huge you are such an inspiration to so many people already maybe not my audience yet but they will know your name here in a moment and um i think you do have a beautiful story to share would love to hear maybe the Cliff Notes version of I'm feeling like the before and after or the before and through of you. Sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, well, we can go as deep as you want, but the, the highlights are, you know, I, I grew up in the hood, uh, super abusive parents, mom, drug addict, alcoholic, actually cut off my right index finger when I was only four years old. So multiple surgeries, multiple skin grafts, um, you know, it kind of goes in that old adage, hurt people, hurt people, right? And I, you know, through doing the work, I look at her childhood and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Um, stepdad, super abusive. You know, this dude's fucking six foot four, 220, beating up a seven-year-old. So, you know, a real stand-up guy, this dude. Almost a lot of the ch my childhood and deeply in poverty. I lived with over 30 different families between eight to 12. Uh, got kicked out of high school multiple times. Started doing drugs when I was 12. Drinking at 13. No high school diploma but still landed a job with a Fortune 10 company. Uh, made a million bucks by the time I was 26, blew it all. I uh, was 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep. Car got repoed, 50 grand in debt, cheating on my girlfriend. Little brother says, never talk to me again, you're not my brother. And I hit rock bottom. And for the last 13 years, I've been on my own journey. And in this journey, I've been able to, you know, write multiple books, one of them being bestseller, uh, speak on some of the biggest stages in the world, coach thousands of people, podcast will do, you know, 2 million downloads this year, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but it all just started because I decided to get the fuck out of my own way. Oh my goodness. So you can hear lots of quantum leaps as this is the quantum leap podcast. I would love to dive into the first initial career, getting past not having a high school diploma. Oh my gosh. And by the way, I just read the David Goggins book. Actually, I haven't even finished it. Have you read that one? Yeah. We grew up 20 minutes away from each other. Oh my gosh. There's something in the water in Indiana. It's toxic. 
Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, because I'm like, there seems to be some parallels there. Yeah, I get, um, I get that every now and again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and like that was so hard initially to read. Like I was like crying listening to the beginning because I can't imagine or fathom, you know, going through that experience. And here you are. Mm -hmm. Whew. Resilient, to say the least, of course. And so how did you go from... Yeah, the high school diploma to the company. Well, you know, look, and resilience for people who grew up like me is not an option. You know, it's baked in. And, and for some people, you know, look, and, and I get it because it's super difficult. And for some people, it takes everything from them. And for some people like me, there's nothing I can't work through, mm -hmm. you know. And... When I was, and I really started my first job ever when I was like eight years old, because I was like the weirdness of all of this. Like I grew up in the Mormon church and I was a boy scout, which is super strange, but they like, we would have to go knock doors as boy scouts to make money for like field trips and, you know, equipment and go fishing and dumb shit like that. And so like, I was really in sales from a child. I, I probably knocked a thousand doors as a kid. Right. Yeah. And when I was. 12, 13, I started selling drugs. I mean, that's how I got expelled from school. I got caught selling weed like an idiot because I was stupid and I was 15. Um, and then when I was 18, I, I got kicked out of high school again because I had straight Fs. I had a 1.1 GPA. I missed 97 days of school. And my, my business teacher, the irony of all ironies, was like, I'm not letting you graduate. All the other teachers just let me pass. But this dude, Mr. Bush, I swear to God, he changed my life forever. He was like, you're going to summer school. You're not graduating. And in summer school, in my business class, again, irony of all ironies, the teacher pulls me aside one day. He goes, it's obvious you don't want to be here. I'm going to give you the diploma. Good luck. Let the streets figure you out. And... And he literally just gave me the diploma and, you know, it's unearned. It's, I don't even know if it's registered because my high school now has been closed and defunded. I can't even contact them. I tried to, cause I wanted to get a transcript. So, you know, anyway, I'm in the summer school, the night of, or the next day I get fired from the warehouse job that I'm working at. And I'm like putting microchips into motherboards, like a monkey all day long. It's the dumbest job ever. And I'm just watching the desperation in people's eyes who are 35, 40, 52. And it's like these people's lives, this is it for them. They have resigned to possibility. And I get fired only because I was stoned and I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, okay, pause, time out, dude. You are not going anywhere today until you figure out the solution for this. And I was like, what is the solution for poverty, for homelessness, for all the things that I was going through, dealing with a mom in and out of rehab, dealing with a grandmother who was at a coma, dealing with, you know, all the drugs and alcohol I was doing, everything. And I was like, it's money. It's gotta be money. And so I made a declaration myself sitting in that car. I said, I want to make a hundred grand a year legally by the time I'm 21. And the legal part was important because I've been in handcuffs more times than I can count. I got family in prison for life, literally to this day. And my three childhood best friends have been murdered. And I was like, I got to do something different here. And so I just started just trying to get jobs. And the only thing I knew was like fast food and warehouse jobs. I landed a job with a fast food restaurant. 
at 18 and a half years old, I'm in a general manager and training role with 52 people under me. Like I learned leadership real fast. Wow. That was not going to lead me to the path of a hundred grand. Um, and it really sucked. It's a thankless job. I hated every second of it, but I learned so much. Mm-hmm. And one night I'm having a conversation with one of my friends on MySpace to age myself. He got a brand new Chevy Tahoe. And I'm like, dude, how the fuck did you get a Chevy Tahoe? This is 2006. Yeah. He's my age. We used to get stoned and skip school. To, I'm like, what is happening here? And he's like, dude, I'm working for an insurance company. And Buffy, I swear to God, I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. But he had showed it, became illuminated for the first time. No one in my family ever put on a suit and tie to go to work. Everyone worked warehouse jobs and assembly lines. Like we are blue collar as the day is long. And I was like, oh my God, that's how. And for the next, basically, I think it was like 12 to 16 months, I applied to hundreds of insurance companies across the country and got declined time and time and time and time again. Interview, second interview. No, thanks. You're not the right fit. You don't have experience. I'm 20. Of course I don't have experience. And then I landed a job with a fucking Fortune 10 company. And as I'm turning 21 years old, I cashed my first check for $10,000. And as I'm, and of course I went to the mall and I spent it all, let's be very clear about that. (laughs) But like, after that, it was just like, I'm making 10 grand a month, 15 grand a month, 18 grand a month, right? And I'm just, I'm like crushing these sales numbers, but it's like- Was it life or car or health? Which, what kind? It was health. And I was a licensed agent in 48 states working for- you were able to do that with, uh, with the record. I don't have a record. Oh, I've never okay. been arrested. I look for what, for whatever reason I have a, I had a keen gift of outsmarting the cops as a kid. So <laughs> no, I, I do not. I'm actually one of the only people in my family to have never been to jail, what? but I've definitely sat on the curb many times in handcuffs. So yeah, you know, I just, the, the thing was, I just figured I was like, if I don't quit, I, I'm going to figure yeah. this out. And that's all I did. I just kept trying. And the insurance window, it only made sense to me because of what my friend had exposed me to. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was in that space that I, I made the money. But I mean, it, yeah. I, I learned a lot in that window. Um, when you were told no, which I know has happened a million times, probably in your life, what okay. what did you feel when you were just rejected again? Like, did you have any like thought process? Did it beat you down at all? Or you're just like, next? Yeah, it was next. Okay. It had to be next. Okay. It's not that it wasn't defeating at times, yeah. you know, to get your second interview with this insurance agency over here. And then they go, oh, we don't think you're the right fit. It's yeah. like, fuck, man, this happened so many times. But I was also like, like, I think that rejection is just a part of my life. My parents rejected me. My community rejected me. My schools rejected me. You know, I, I was used to it. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any issue with being rejected because it doesn't stop me. And I think that the one thing that I've been able to really tie myself into is this concept that as long as I don't quit, I can't lose. And so that's the same way that I've built a speaking career and the podcast and the books and the coaching. I was just like, whatever, stop me. I dare you to try. And so I do have a, I have a huge chip on my shoulder. And I think a lot of people need to leverage that. And a lot of people need to recognize that 
they've been set up for failure. Mm -hmm. And no, contacts don't cancel me. No doesn't always mean no. No sometimes means you're not good enough yet. No sometimes means you don't have the skills that you need yet. No means wrong vehicle. No means you emailed me at the wrong time. Like there's a guest on my show, Lisa Billu, and I talk about this publicly. Oh, yeah. Lisa's very in-demand human being. Yeah. I emailed her team and her 36 times over six months to get her to be on my show. Yeah. And this is after I had her husband, Tom Bilyeu, on my show the first time I asked him when I'm sitting there having dinner with him. Oh and so God. it's like, uh, it's just a simple reminder. Yeah. No doesn't always mean no. But if yeah. you're willing to stop the first time you hit an obstacle, you will never reach any of your goals. And I just have always felt like, it. Like here's my thought around really everything that I do in my life. It's like, I've been homeless and ate out of trash cans. I don't care if you don't like me. Yeah. Yeah. So you love up on the chip on your shoulder where normally me as an energetic healer, I'm like, we need to remove this. <laughs> but do you though, if it serves you, if it's not in your way, like to me, it's this thing where I carry it, not in this way that it is in a blockage. It is just something I leverage in those times when I want to quit, when I want to give up, when I don't yeah. want to do another podcast, another interview, another stage, another airplane. It's like, Motherfucker, don't you remember where you're from? And I think that there's a lot of power in that. And it's kind of lever for me, sometimes it's just leveraging the dark side. You know, I, I've done all the work. I'm still doing all the work, right, in this healing journey. But it's like, you know, so many people quit on themselves when really the thing that they just need to do is recognize who they are. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you heard it. Leverage your weaknesses or your chips. Yeah. I don't think you have to leverage your weakness. Like I'm not a good accountant. Like I don't leverage being a good accountant, right? I'm horrible at that. Energetic. So to me, when I see a chip or something like that, like one of my friends to, in, in particular, like I'm like, okay, what's interesting is to me, it shows up as a contract energetically. So I will, I usually I'll see it and I'll be like, okay, let's read whatever it says remove it and then replace it with something else. So it's almost like, it's like almost like a computer chip energetically sure. that I'm putting in like a new program. So that's where I'm like, you're yeah, giving a new perspective because this is powerful. I mean, as long as it serves you, that's yeah. what it comes down to. If you got a chip on your shoulder and you're an asshole and you're destroying everything in your life, which was me at 18 to 26 years old, well, you might want to question that. If you're yeah. leveraging it because you're like, this is really hard and it sucks and I'm falling down all the time. It's like, motherfucker, don't you remember where you're from? Yeah. Don't you know, don't all those people who told you you were going to be nothing, all the times you told yourself you were going to be nothing, that you didn't keep your promises, that you forced yourself into predicaments you should never have been in, that you let yourself down. Like, do you want to go back to that? And that's how I leverage it because I sit here and I look at it and I go there. I'm so removed from Michael at 25 years old. I can't even begin to identify with that human being. And in fact, in my book, I wrote, like, I pulled that version of me in the backyard and I shot that motherfucker because I was like, I'm never going to be this person again. But there are moments, Bethany, you know this because we're humans and we, we go back to behavioral patterns that are soothing because when we're in the face of chaos and adversity, what is better than going back to what is known? 
And when I feel like I'm e edging into the known, I'm like, bitch, get your shit together. <laughs> you know what happened last time. Now, look, I've, I've done so much work. I, yeah. I don't imagine there's a world that I exist in in which I'm sitting here doing drugs and getting drunk every day and playing video games and blah, 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 blah. But you never know. And so I just try to leverage that because I think it's important just to be honest. I know what happens if I do not stay the course because I've been there. I lost my brothers. I lost all my money. I lost my health. I lost my relationship. I lost everything. I was at zero. And now I'm not. And so it's like, okay, cool. Can I just acknowledge that? That maybe those decisions then are the reason why I was stuck and that the decisions I leverage now, well, and this is a, a very... I mean, to leverage that dark side and that chip on my shoulder, I mean, that's zero, zero, one percent of my year. But yeah. when it's there, it's like, yo. Yeah. So is this what drives you? Not wanting to go what back? What is this? No. Okay. No, because I'm beyond that. What What drives me is like, like literally, okay, so I literally have all of my goals right here written on the back of my phone. I constantly look at it. They're all right here. And the number one that supersedes everything is in-generational trauma in my lifetime. Mm, beautiful. And, and so between today and that moment, that's what drives me. And it's the micro against that macro that has me show up every day, right? Be a good leader. Be an amazing brother. Be, be, be the person I say I'm going to be, hold myself accountable, lead my teams and my community and my groups and my clients, be the person that when I go to bed at night, I'm okay with who I am. And, and to me, the thing that probably guides me the most is, well, it's probably twofold. One, nothing is more terrifying to me than dying with regret. Like that scares the shit out of me. Like the idea that I would just waste everything in front of me. Yeah. Again. Right. And the other side of it is like when I, you know, when we are in silence, when we're in the, the quiet, like that's where the truth appears. You're in bed. You can't sleep. You're thinking about the thing. It's like, I just try to do the thing, even though the thing sucks. Most of the time, the thing sucks. You know, this, the thing is like, man, this, this, I really don't want to do this, but it's like, you have to. And so I try to operate in that. And I think that's creating a space of wholeness and truth within oneself that allows you to people in our industry, drop the fucking word authenticity, like, like no other word on planet earth. And yet no one's really talking about what that means. And I think being authentic is like dealing with your shit every day, like being who you are, not bending and placating, especially, and probably most importantly to yourself and just when when the game is on the line, go and do it. Stop waiting and blaming and victimhood and shaming and guilting yourself. And it's just like, I don't think life is about doing what you want. I don't. I think that's nonsensical. I think life is about doing what is required. As long as it's in alignment with what you want, which is the juxtaposition wait, wait, of that, right? <laughs> Well, it is because like what I, okay. So content, like what I want to do, nothing is better than like getting a stone to eating gummy bears and playing video games all day. But how the hell does that help me in generational trauma? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, know that, know thyself. That's what this all comes down to. Got it. So in the moments of, let's say darkness, what gets you out? I don't negotiate with myself. 
I don't. If I'm like, this is the thing that must be done today, I go and do the thing. All right. And that's, and that's like, that has taken fucking 15 years to learn. Yeah. Right. And there's still those moments where it's like, I just don't want to do it today, but I will refuse to go to bed until it's done. Got it. Like I just refuse it. And I, I think that there's something in that that's very empowering when my background, look, here's the reality. You don't get the 350 pounds smoking two packs a day, drinking yourself to sleep and 50 grand in debt because you're trying. And so now it's like very simply, I look at life and I go, am I actually doing the things I said I was going to do? Because that is how I measure my own success. Not the things you want to do, not the things they tell me to do, whatever. I'm like, did I show up today? Yeah. And if I didn't, it's like, I'm still awake. It's fucking one in the morning. Go do the thing. And and I think if you can get to that place of not negotiating with yourself, it's the foundation of both building confidence and self-esteem, but also, you know, this buzzword about self-love. Like, do you really love yourself if you're not showing up? And I'm not saying you don't have the days where it's like, take the break. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of a break right now. Like, honestly, like, yeah, it's because like, I was like, I need to take some time. I need some space for me. I'm only going to do things that I've already agreed to do. And outside of that, I'm not doing anything else. And I'm going to hop on a plane and go to South America for two months and you're not going to hear from me. But outside of that being truth, because it came to me in meditation, I asked myself, what is the hardest thing I need to do right now? And what came to me was nothing. I was like, oh, got it. I'm going to go do nothing. Outside of that, it's like every day you have to show up. When you say, what is the hardest thing I need to do right now? Is there a, so that da da da? Depends. Okay. Or you're just like, it depends. So I, I meditate in this space of problem solving, not necessarily like my, my Zen, if you will, that comes from working out in martial arts. Like I'm just totally in another planet when I'm in those spaces, Mm -hmm. when I'm meditating, I'm ideating on like, how do you solve problems? Like, how do I create or solve or build or shift? And so, like, if I'm in it, like, let's say there's a, 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 let's say I'm sitting here and the thing that I'm trying to solve for is why do I feel restless, right? I'll, I'll just sit there and think about why am I restless? Where does this come from? What do I need right now to end the restlessness? And then whatever comes to me, I'm going to assume is truth because it's in my mind and no one else's. Yeah. Came through. Love it. Very cool. Um, well, I felt called to start tuning into you before we got on the call. I've only, this is only my second time doing this. on the podcast. I've done it obviously a million times outside of that, but I was like, I just feel like I need to tune in first. So what I saw just is you walking down this path and it was really dark and it was like you were alone. It was like dusk or something. And you were just like all in black, which I feel like you probably always wear. I'm like, actually, I think that's how I saw you. So I was like, ah, I'm like, but that's not really reality. And so what I was seeing is that that, what I got was that that was maybe how you feel inside sometimes or a lot of the time. Do you feel that way? I definitely wouldn't say all the time, but certainly sometimes I think we all feel that way. Sometimes I think life is very isolating and lonely. Yeah. Right. Even, you know, it's funny because you can all, what is the the proverb? It's sometimes the loneliest person in the room is the one with the most attention. 
you know, and it's like there's I mean, first off, I've, I've always been isolated. I've always been an introvert. Like that is kind of my nature. Mm-hmm. But I would say that's that's not how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So so what's also really interesting that you just said that because I'm like, OK, well, where you know, what's the next, you know, evolution of this is like realizing that that is your mind. It's not truth. And that, and then I saw you in a room of people, like you just said, center of attention in the middle, like you have tons of people around you, like hundreds and yeah, people are like celebrating you. And so it's really funny that you just said, yeah, the often the most alone person is the one with all the attention. So to me, what that also means is like, Obviously, you are very vulnerable. You're very vulnerable all the time, even in your posts, uh, like dating, you know. But how how is how can we get through the another layer? Like, there's another layer of like heart um, in there, and like, I just want to say gushy juiciness. This isn't the business thing. I'll I'll turn it in business too. But like, I just want to offer that up. I think there's always another, and layer. I think that's for me too. <laughs> I'm like I can use yeah. that as well. Well, I think we all can. And, and I think there's, I know, actually, there's always another layer. Yeah, it just there just is I saw do you know TD Jakes is. Mm -hmm. So he's a you would know him if you know, him. he's a he's a speaker, but he's a pastor. And you know, I'm not religious, but what he said sat really close to home for me. And, And because it made sense. He says life is this new levels, new devils. Mm. And, and that I had the same reaction. I was like, damn, that's good. (laughs) But, but what sat with me about that was like, that is because we are a constant evolution. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm in an evolution. I look at my life today. I'm very different than a month ago versus six months ago. And there's a new challenge in front of me. There's a, a new depth of understanding this concept, this theory that propels me every day is know thyself. And even within my own self, there's depths of vulnerability that I'm stepping into, especially with what's in front of me and, and the plans that I have in the very near future. But I've been that way for 13 years where it started with, okay, look, here's context. You know more about me in 27 minutes than people who knew me for a decade, yeah. right? I mean that partners, girlfriends, friends, whatever. And that thing about me being vulnerable, you know, you see it in what I post, what I create, what I write, how I speak, being on stages, whatever. Like there's even, there's levels of depths that I can't even, like what you see now is 200 liters or what is the 200, whatever under the sea, right? It's so, we're so deep into the journey and it's like, boom, I hit another wall. Let's go unlock it. I hit another wall. Let's go unlock it. Hit another wall. Let's go unlock it. And I think if you're paying attention Like, I think if you're really, truly in the space of trying to understand who you are, there will always be another door to unlock. And I think that the people who will say something against that probably know themselves the least. And I recognize that in myself, that there is a necessity. I am driven by it, not because of any other reason than it's my own pure curiosity to go out and figure out who the hell I really am at all at all levels and capacity and and i think that when you're willing to do that you actually get to help people more and you get to help yourself more you get to really change the 
the epigenetics of who it is that you are, both energetically and genetically in a quantum space, both forward and backwards in time across all realms for infinity. And that's not just fucking buzzwords that I think that I use to throw around to sound smart. It's because I see it. I'm getting, I'm literally getting ready to go get on a plane and go watch my brother graduate the police academy. And it's like the other one, he's getting ready to become a firefighter. My sister's life is totally different. And I, and I sit here and I look and I go, what if 13 years ago, I wouldn't have got my shit together. They were watching Would what is happening for them be happening. And I, and I think that that only comes in the scope of knowing thyself, because once you know yourself, you can bathe in honesty and the fucking truth will set you free. So you already have proof that your ending generational trauma is, is working. So good. So good. So beautiful. Would you like me to tune into the business? I'll see what I get. Okay. Yeah. I hope it has a lot of zeros at the end. (laughs) (laughs) All the zeros. Okay, well, let's see what is on offer for you today. I'm just connecting to truth. and. Mm. So first off, I'm brought to the path again that I saw earlier. However, there is color. So bringing in the color um, is powerful for you. If we keep walking this path, it has, it's just really flowery. And as you were talking earlier, I, I wanted to say to honor, this was coming through to honor the ballerina in you. So I'm just going to throw that out. Yep. You can cough that away or burp it away. <laughs> so I usually cough and yawn and all the things as I'm clearing and healing. Okay. So what I see at the end of this path is an arena, like very much a huge stadium. And you were starting at the top and you were walking down towards, I'm like, are you going to walk into walking down? Mm. What's really beautiful is every step that you're taking, you're acknowledging that level. Like you're so present to the people that have shown up to this, which is really beautiful. So you're taking your time. Okay. You are going into the center of the arena. That's what I figured, but I didn't want to assume. And you were taking the mic and you were speaking and people are standing up and bowing. They're literally bowing um, out of respect for you and your inspiring stories in uplifting this world. <clears throat> so you're already doing speaking, but that's another level. Also, in in what I was seeing earlier with the um, with you in the middle and everyone like cheering, it was almost like it was almost like they were chanting. Um, it felt like you're leading workshops or are you already leading big workshops? You are. Okay. Yeah. Cause that really feel that feels like a genius lane for you. Like, even as I say it, it's like, so I don't know if there's just like another level, but putting attention cause it's, it's easy as a solopreneur to put attention here, 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 you know, a million places. So speaking is definitely your genius lane. And so is, is creating these workshops. They feel like, two day, two day long workshops that you're creating. Are they three? No, I'm getting two. Um, I don't know how long the ones you've been doing are. Depends on the one. Um, you know, we have conferences as well as workshops and their conferences are a bit longer. Workshops are a couple of days, but they're super immersive, right? So we're talking about 14, 16 hour days. So how many do you do a year? Not many. 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's there's a there's a yeah there's a big toll like there's a big cost uh, energy for those things. Yes. Yes. So that's what I was going to say. I'm like, so what I'm getting is like six a year, but like just another level of it. They, they feel, and I, like, I haven't been to any of yours, but it really feels like just expanding upon that is, is your genius and the stadium type stages. So nothing really new for you, but maybe a little confirming. Um, is there anything to support him with? Um, I'm just hearing like, you are doing amazing. You are so on track. You are so loved and your ancestors are cheering you on. That's the message I just got. Cool. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it's like, that's share this. I'm cautious about things that I do or do not say publicly, yeah. not in a negative way, but in a, like, I don't want to, I don't know, maybe it's a superstitious way. Right. But I, I wrote down seven years ago, probably. I was like, I'm going to speak in front of 20,000 people one day, but like I'm halfway there because it's like, uh, I spoke in front of 10,000 people with Grant Cardone when he invested into my company. Right. And so it's like that that's very much in alignment with one of the very big goals that I have personally, well, professionally, personally in the future. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I'll let you know, I'll send you an invite when it happens. Yeah, so good. Um, and how beautiful is that? That's just like a whole nother quantum leap working with Grant. Did you work? Did you do his workshops first? Or you just met? I had any. So the short version of that story is I was funnel hacking him because I saw the book. Do you know what funnel hacking is? Saying like figuring out how they're doing it. Yeah, exactly. So I just, I bought, I bought his book online, went through his funnel. The book came in sitting on my desk. I never heard the name before. I was just buying all the books like four years ago. I was like, you're selling a book and a Facebook ad. I'm going to go see what you're doing. So I can go do the same thing. Uh, I felt called to read the book, which is a very rare thing in my life. I read the book, fell asleep, reading it next day, decided to listen to the audio, listen to the whole audio in one day. Um, And then I was like, whoa, is this guy like, who is he? What does he do? Does he like teach people? Like what's the deal? Found GrowthCon, which was I think two weeks away. Um, go to GrowthCon. There's a like a contest where you can win an opportunity, whatever, to pitch your business in front of Grant. And like his whole panel, which was like another two weeks away. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm gonna hundred percent win that. Like I knew it immediately. Like I was like, yep, I already won this. Fast forward two weeks, go speak in front of ten thousand people. 10 other competitors, I crush them, leave them in my dust, win, and the rest is history. Amazing. Wow. So divinely led. I love it. So good. Well, in ending, well, first off, do you have any questions for me? Any other questions? Intuitive? No, I love that. I think this is super cool that you're doing this. I think that more people need to be willing to have some vulnerable conversations like this and you ask good questions. And, and I think in doing so is like to have the willingness to, even though like, all right, I'll give you context. A decade ago, I'd been like, this is woo woo bullshit. Like, don't bring this to me. <laughs> right. And it's like, you have to be open because we're sitting on a rock that happens to just so perfectly be able to sustain life that if we're tilted one half of a degree, we all die instantly. 
And it's like, maybe you should embrace the weird a little bit, even if you don't find alignment with it, which is kind of the same thing I've done with like learning from guys like Grant. I don't agree with him on 90% of the way he looks at the world, but we have to stop being dogmatic and step into the unknown because if you're not, you don't have to like people to learn from them. And, and you don't have to be in complete alignment to learn from them. And if you're willing to be open, even in the moments where you're like, this is weird, you'll, you may get something really beautiful out of it, which, you know, yeah. I, I think my, my thoughts about the world and quantum and energy are very different today, mm-hmm. but it started because I was willing to have conversations like this. And yeah. And this was really beautiful and I really appreciated it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I'll just have the clients, like if they just want an intuitive analysis, I'm like, just send me the company and I'll tune in. So I don't even talk to them. I like, I definitely knew more about you going into this, but yeah, this was really beautiful. And you're, you're so inspiring. I'm going to have to re-listen this myself because you are so inspiring. And one of the questions I always ask the guests are, what are your three keys to quantum leap? What would you offer up? I you said that I thought about the TV show from the '90s as soon as you said that, which I've never it, seen. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone's ever seen it, but it was on for like ten years. It's called literally called Quantum Leap. Three things: one, make your goals so big that they terrify you, mm. but also don't wrap them in time because reality is time's a construct. It's not real. I would much rather have the goal eventually than to wrap myself around. I must have the goal by X and fail. And so like this concept about ending generational trauma, it's in my lifetime. If I live to 102, I know that exponentially and from a compounding perspective, like it will continue to carry on. And it may be another thousand years before my vision comes to fruition, but I'm planting all the seeds now for trees that I will never sit under. And I I think the last one, so you have huge goals, remove time. And then number three is just valiant effort. Just show up. Stop being in your own damn way all the time. It's going to be hard. And when it gets hard, it's going to get harder. But what's interesting is the new levels of hard are actually not as difficult as the previous levels of hard because you now have more experience to support that you can navigate the difficulty. And what really starts to happen is you're just reframing who it is that you are in light of the challenge in front of you by leveraging the experiences that you've had previously that prove that you're capable of doing hard shit. And so if you're willing to do those three things, you will exponentially leap and change everything in your spectrum, both genetically and energetically and quantum in perpetuity and reciprocity. And it's like, if you're willing to just show the fuck up for your life and go chase your dreams, things will be good. I'm being called to share one thing. Are you familiar with David R. Hawkins, his stuff? No, never heard of him. Uh, it's the path to surrender or the power versus force. He has this whole scale of consciousness. And the thing is, is at the level of 500, the vibration. So sometimes, a lot of times with my clients, um, I'll tune in. But at the level of love, when you're in the energy of love, you're actually elevating and supporting 750,000 people around you. I don't know how we proved that, but I do get it as truth. So it's just really beautiful because just you being you in that juicy love and bring it back to the ballerina and like all the colorful flowers that I saw on the new pathway, <laughs> which is really just honoring the feminine side of you really elevates the planet. That's what do you think of the ballerina? Black Swan came to mind, the film, the Arlovsky okay. film. And so ballerinas also have some evil in them. That's what came to mind. 
I've never seen that. I couldn't. Oh my god, you should. I felt like it was too scary. (laughs) It is scary. You should watch it. You need to challenge yourself. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Coach. (laughs) I'll add it to the list. (laughs) Please do. I expect a full report. Um, Well, this has been fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to subscribe and let me know by leaving a review on iTunes. It fuels me to keep bringing you more guests. And if you aren't already following me on social media, check out at Bethany London and visit BethanyLondon.com for online programs and free healing opportunities or our corporate healing platform, LondonHeights.co. Don't hesitate to tag me and our guests with your favorite quotes for a reshare. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, wishing you that quantum leap. Mile, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.